happy Sunday, universe. Did you go to church today? Um, is Sunday still the day people go to church? It must be, right? I mean, Christians got to be, right? We'd have heard if that changed. Even I would have heard. Um, okay. It's been a while, and uh, I've been reflecting upon my first open mic, which I did Thursday night. So after thinking about it on Friday and then processing my thoughts about it uh, from Friday on Saturday and then coming to the realization today that I believe I've got it pretty well analyzed, I think I've gone through the reflective emotional experiences that fell out as a result and I'm kind of sick of myself in this capacity. So at some point, right, time to smoke some weed and talk to nobody. So uh, I guess I'm going to pause so I can smoke some weed. I don't mean to call you nobody because if you're listening, the only thing I'm going to say is, are you fucking serious? What are you doing? Get off this thing. Go clean your kitchen garbage can. And if you've done that, then go write yourself a thank you card that says, hey me, you're so awesome. I can't believe that you cleaned the kitchen garbage can. I mean, this might be the most awesome thing you've done this year. Pause. All right, so needing a little energy, definitely needing an uptick in creative uh, connections and hoping for a little insight into the texture of uh, the comedy conversation? Well, this is a natural for Goji OG. Uh, I'm going to throw Blue Dream in there. And the wild card? Hmm. I think the wild card is going to be Cherry Root Bear. Because, yeah, no, I can't do that. Um, the wild card will be whatever this white one is. Kush Cakes Sugar Wax. There you go. Kush Cakes Sugar Wax. Blue Dream Shatter and Goji OG uh, Live Resin. And if that's of interest to you, then bueno. And if it's not of interest to you, then no bueno. Unpause. Um, okay, well, the Goji OG is consumed. The Blue Dream is queued up and the Kush Cakes Sugar Wax sits on deck because, you know, if your name's Kush Cakes Sugar Wax, on deck's about as good as you can hope for in life. And, um, all right, enough with the stoner humor. Let's get down to one of the things about stand-up comedy that has always been true and I suppose will always be true is stand-up comedy can't get away from two types of jokes. The jokes of uh, the porn industry and porn in general and uh, anything to do with porn and anything that is porn related. And then, ironically, the inability to get laid or the lack of sex in one's life or the distance between today and the last time you had sex. I don't know. There is... Somewhere in there, I think, a joke waiting to be told on the entire comedic industry. But 
having only done this once and knowing my place, I am not yet the greatest comedian of all time. I'm just working on it. Pause. So with this um, bit of mm, reality slap, uh, <coughs> oops, excuse me, pause. Okay. Um, we are now, uh, three dabs into this. So let's get through a few thoughts before we, uh, re-up on that frontier to make sure that we can get through the final thoughts. Um, yeah, sex and lack therein, um, plus the, uh, gobsmacking same joke over and over again, uh, disorientation of porn material is... Um, shockingly and unshockingly, uh, what's dominating open mic contest number one, or what dominated it? And so much so that I ended up uh, going off the rails at some point halfway through what I was trying to do into a story about an incident in college that even I don't, I mean, it's material to mine for uh, context jokes, but it is not the kind of thing I should have been stumbling through on open mic night number one. So the entire, um, mm, what is the contamination of the, uh, the, the drilling into the lowest common denominator of comedy, I think is natural for a bunch of people trying to be funny who aren't. And I'm not saying that's what this night was, because what I learned on this night is there are hundreds of reasons that you might not be funny. On any given night, on any given comment, on any given retort that you're like, fuck yeah, I got this, and you throw that zinger out there, I, every single person listening has at least fucked that up once. I know I have, if not three or four times, where I'm like, well, that didn't land the way I thought it was going to. Uh, comment withdrawn. And, yeah, you can imagine I've got... Actually, how many of those do I really have? I've definitely said something that I immediately wish I could have gobbled right back up and never have said. So I certainly have one. And I probably have two or three more if I think... That's actually kind of a funny thing to think back on. When was I so aghast at what I just said that I just wanted to pretend we had that moment had slipped through time? It didn't happen. Don't even look at me like that. I didn't say that. Let's let this be a moment of cooperative psychosis. I'll give you one in the future. You got a jail out of free card right now. I, I, I'm shutting my mouth. And, uh, yeah. Well, <clears throat> so the... The event itself was the perfect event for my first, uh, let me let me go ahead and sign that autograph for you here, uh, moment of reality check. And I say this because it was the perfect environment, a, a single room in a bar uh, filled with pinball tables and console video games at the tables. I didn't even know any of this was going to be there. It was just like, oh my God. Of course, this is where I needed to have my first 
mm, um, step toward um, fully realizing a dream I've held my whole life, which is to successfully make uh, a stand-up set um, work in front of a legitimate audience, meaning not an open mic night, not something necessarily that I'm getting paid for. I'm not at all thinking financial. I'm thinking like a legitimate moment of feeling I just made the people laugh in the way I intended to make the people laugh. The conversation that existed between me and a group of people I never knew before just made us all a little bit happier humans. And that's the whole feeling I've always wanted to know what it's like to leave the stage realizing. And I'm not saying this is special. In fact, I think this is so regular, so usual, so what if we were a sane society, we would just be doing all the time that for me, well, I took it a little too casually. I'll 100% admit that. And okay, hold on. No, I won't. (laughs) In fact, I did the actual least casual route to that moment you can do. I'm 53 years old, about to be 54. I am one month away from my 54th birthday. So some 34 days before I turned 54, I finally had enough presence and belief and not giving a fuck about any of the outcomes to do something for myself at a level that I knew would create an instant connection to my meaningful self. I wasn't taking any of this lightly. In fact, I've been drinking in the experience ever since I've committed to it. I'm really vibrating through my life right now at the highest possible level. I cannot express how goosebumpy my whole existence is. And uh, I don't know why. I really don't. I, I don't. I don't want it to stop. I don't think it's sustainable. But it's not something I'm missing the moment about. I'm completely aware of how <laughs> how perfectly livably tranquil and yet mm, interesting, leading to moments of real fulfillment and <sighs> growth. Personal pride. Um, Having found all of the old excuses I used to use. And I'll tell you, I even had one ready to go for this night. Because when I got there, uh, I realized that uh, I only had my credit card to pay with. Which I had forgotten, in other words, the 35 bucks I had on my dresser. Which meant I really didn't know how much money I had, but it had to be considered $10 or less. Literally. There was no getting around that. And so then I was thinking, fuck, I have no way to even 
like uh, to recognize the MC if everybody throws five bucks in a hat. I can't even, you know what I mean? Like, so of course that is the insane talking to the psychotic neighbor who is throwing his semen on, uh, on Hannibal Lecter in a scene that, uh, apparently he no longer says, hello, Clarice. All right, whatever. But the world changing on me isn't me changing anything about interacting with the world. It's still the world. And I'm still me. I may be the enhanced 2.0 version of me, and I may be the me that has all these superpowers now, but it doesn't mean that I'm not just me. I will never be anything but just me. I don't want anything, anybody to be anything but just them too. But once you get to the just me part that includes fulfillment of your day's activities that are all coinciding with what you think you're here to do? <sighs> hmm. It makes me really wonder how the 40 years prior to having realized how to live a better life, why it was such a failure, why it was such a, a continual pounding of sand without progress. I, I mean, it can't be as simple as I had lost the ability to love myself. But that seems to be the only answer that fits it all. And I have no idea how I got it back. And I don't know that I ever truly lost it, but I had forgotten how easy it is to prioritize it, thus maintain it, thus not have to do anything for it to be there, just have a fountain of confidence and self-belief to draw upon as necessary. And at some point, realizing that you don't draw on it anymore. It's just who you are. You rise to every occasion. You come prepared for every moment. And you take away a sense of humility that while you think you did well, there was room to improve and next time you can't wait to do better. Especially if there was anything that you overlooked in a way you could have been helpful to somebody that you missed. I just keep having better experiences in life as I go through those sequences in every action I take. So... I knew the disruption of that momentum was likely in play walking up to an open mic night. <clears throat> Yet, every time I thought, am I better off doing this next week? Should I give myself another week? To, you know what I mean? Like my panicky, oh, fuck, what am I doing? I've never done anything like this. It, it would bubble up and I'd be like, <laughs> whatever. I'm definitely not leaving. And uh, I'll admit that I didn't go looking for the sign-up sheet the second I walked in the door, even though I think I immediately identified the people who were in charge. I didn't go ask if I could sign up for open mic night. I got in line for a beverage first and to see if there was like 
you know, an issue with the card situation. I didn't want to uh, have a tab open that was declined because uh, we ran that for 15 bucks and it didn't go through. Oh, that's not good. Whatever, right? I'm telling myself this is the first priority. The open mic night is obviously going to happen because I can see people milling around. So I'll just deal with this and then I'll go find out what that's all about. And while I'm waiting in line, the dude who's clearly setting everything up says, Hello, uh, tonight uh, at the Monkey Barrel, uh, we're doing uh, something something comedy. And uh, if you're uh, up for open mic, thumbs on our sheet. I was like, ah, well, okay, I guess now I know what to do. So uh, having moved off the order line over to the random selection of people milling around acting like, uh, do I sign up? Should I not? I thought, no, I'm, I'm here to do this. If I fail miserably, I can fail in front of this group. I'm looking around thinking, I'm just not that impressed, right? It's an open mic. This is a crowd upon which I feel comfortable enough to be a disaster and not walk out of the room with any less uh, uh, constitution points than I had when I came in the door. And in fact, one of the things I'm doing to get comfortable so that I, I, and I even think, well, fuck man, what if they call the, the people who've never been here before first? Like that could easily be the routine. So I better be fucking ready. Like this is silly that I just signed up and I'm thinking now I can chill out. No, I might actually have to go first. Like, what would I do if I go first? What do I say if I go first? Like, you know, I'm, I'm in the moment of trying to think like, I want this opportunity to max out for the moment itself. So going first would be an opportunity to talk about it. So this is what I'm consumed with. Of course I am. And in being consumed already with all of the moments I'm experiencing in real time, I'm simultaneously trying everything I can to keep my mind from pulling back a thousand and one things that it's thought of related to this moment over the history of my life, both sentimental and comedic. I am so overwhelmed with inside information that <laughs> this is my problem. And this is my problem generally, but this is very particularly and specifically my problem pregame for this whole event. I'm saturating myself with so much thought, I have no clarity on what I should go do. I can't, I can't navigate something simple or even something uh, um, of sequential steps to get to some level of, uh, of resolution? No, 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 no. I am lucky if I'm going to be able to keep 15 seconds of clear thought directed in the moment of having the entire room looking at me with bright lights shining down on me while I'm trying to remember to talk into the microphone which I keep forgetting because I keep hearing my voice, then not hearing it, then hearing it, then not hearing it. So I know that even that little distraction is throwing me off. Because the first time you do anything, you think you're going to be able to assess your reactions to all of the variables that are going to hit you. But then you don't realize that the thing that you don't even know you have to do that you can't accomplish because... You've never stood still and talked in one place into one thing for one time. And because you never think to grab the microphone, well, 
you're immediately uncomfortable. So, of course you are. You've never done this before. You're in front of a bunch of people trying to both have a moment of life's purpose and then entertaining them in a way that makes them giggle without using the tickle method, which I think for most people is guaranteed to at least work in their childhood. But in this case would be considered wildly inappropriate, at least until I've established a routine that includes random audience tickling. I don't have anything like that in mind for my first night because I really don't have anything in mind for my first night, except I, I do actually have a sequence that I'm going to try to follow, but I've given myself signposts to get to because I know what I want to say there that's funny. I just don't know how I'm going to navigate to those places because I'm so wildly overwhelmed with thought. I think this is the easiest way for me to go up there and say something that I won't regret. So <clears throat> fortunately, I'm not first. And I say fortunately because actually, if I'd have gone first, I'd have probably done way better. Because I would have had uh, nothing except one thing in my head to go for and fail or not, at least I wouldn't have had the topical deep dive, cliff dive, what parachute dive without a parachute that I did at about the two or three minute mark that then was the last thing I could do because I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just like, and, and about 45 seconds left in my five minute window, I even announced, well, and so with this story being not even in my notebook, where it's coming from, who knows? Let me at least go back to something I wrote down and try to finish with something that is intended. And I had one good final joke to tell and fortunately had written it all out so I could literally read it and then left the stage without introducing the next guy, which I wasn't told to do, but I had picked up. That's kind of what we're up to here. And then was so panicky that I had at least not uh, wandered off so far that I forgot to tell the last joke that I also left my notebook, my jacket and everything else. You know what I mean? Like, like I just, when I finally said the, the last word I was going to say, I think something in me thought, shut your mouth and get off state. Like, like you could have, this could have gone a lot worse. This, this, you're, you barely made it through a situation that put you in a very dangerous spot. I mean, and, and, and I'm very happy with how it all went. Like, I, I think my first few jokes that were reacting to things that had happened in the evening were good. And, and there was a sense of the one thing I'll say is you get 15 comedians going one after another after another. And part of the comedy has to be the sequence of what's happening in real time, whether uh, trips to Disneyland or uh, sex with cartoon characters. It doesn't matter. Whatever becomes the referential joke, you're either playing with or you're avoiding. And and so I and I was as much enjoying the hmm, the various attempts at what I was about to try to do as I was anything that uh, that 
the actual jokes were being presented. In fact, I'll say the comedy was terrible. Me included. Like, there was only, there were two guys I thought were really actually structurally funny. There were a couple other guys that were funny, but there was a lot of not funny. And mine, I will say, there were two laughs, legit laughs. There were giggles and looks of appreciation and other reactions that were positive. But because I wandered off so far and then got panicky in my wandering and then kind of told the story in an awkwardly, not at all self-deprecating way, I just found out how little of myself I am comfortable with exposed to a room full of judgment as I am to a world full of judgment. The world can judge me any way it wants, and I have no skin in the game. There's nothing there to be anything other than um, (laughs) dismissive of. But in a room full of people, I can't help but be developing a relationship with every single person there. And on this night, I will say I never felt a red reaction from anyone. Not even... Was there one? I mean, no. It was an extremely positive reverberation. Even the, the, like, cranky cynic comic, he was... He was funny. And while he was a dick and an asshole, he's the one who brought game enough to be funny. So bravo. And I hope you're even worse next week if you're funnier. In other words, the, the prestige of the room was laughter. That was the commodity that everyone wanted uh, to acquire. And nobody was giving it up including me, but I, I probably laughed 15 times legitimately the entire night. I probably fake laughed another 50 times. And then, fucking man, there were some shaking of the head, like, did you really just say that? And I'd say there's probably 15 of those, if not 20. And some of those I just should have done, but didn't. And we're in a room full of comics trying new material, right? There should be some shaking of the head. But I'll tell you what, there should also be some fuck man, reread that joke. Find me what you think is funny about it. Um, And so, this, oddly, was the thing I needed the least. Was for most everyone who went before me to be pretty fucking terrible. And I understand that in a room full of comedians, the laughs are as hard to get as... <laughs> I'm not going to make a room full of comedians joke. There are no harsher critics of comedy than those who are attempting what you are attempting, especially simultaneously with you. Because whatever um, reciprocity is experienced on stage can't help but be the mirror image you're going to throw back into a situation. So as the night gets unfunnier and unfunnier, it's almost to the point like, wow, somebody's got to step up and fucking be funny. Like, at this point, this can't be called an open mic night for comedy. This could be called an open mic night for... uh, I don't even want to think of... 
it is something, of course, where I am uh, being unfairly judgmental about a circumstance in which I was playing a role in my own life's experiences that was leading to uh, the sort of grandiose uh, delusions of uh, of <laughs> a simple idiot rolling downhill thinking his nutsack is important. But no, 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 that thing getting bigger and bigger, that's because you're rolling downhill and it's damaged. You are not impressive. You are needing medical care. Well, yes, 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 yes. But in that room, uh, I wasn't alone. I wasn't alone in any capacity. And I had come alone. I was surrounded by people's um, <laughs> their harmonic presence never once sent me into a feeling of discordance. I didn't have a single off note the entire night. Even my own detour into, uh, am I telling that story? Am I really telling that story? I, oh, why am I telling this story? Land was okay. And I can't wait for the next one. I know the next one will probably even go worse. Probably even go worse? That's a weird statement. Um, I expect the next one to have another at least two or three. Uh, <gasps> well, look at that. That uh, didn't know that was going to happen. Moments that uh, now I will uh, react differently to knowing that they're sitting there so readily available to, uh, to occur. I need to... Uh, I need to understand that part of what I'm here to find is a presence on stage that lets me control a conversation between myself and the hypothetical 40, 80, 10 million people I'm engaged with without that becoming something on which I internalize that situation and start feeling the pressure to entertain on a mass scale, not just on a one-to-one -one scale. And I know that this is a panic move I, I will make again, if not the very next time up, one of the next times up, because once I'm realizing that I'm not even sure how to talk into the microphone yet, and I still am not sure how to talk into the microphone, even though in my head I'm asking myself, why am I not talking into the microphone? And I don't even know what I'm going to talk about next, because the things coming out of my mouth certainly aren't on my sheet. And oh my God, this is weird. What am I doing here? I'm enjoying myself in a capacity that makes me swim downstream effortlessly with reward and camaraderie galore. And that's just doing the, okay, buddy, you've been so patient. Listen, uh, uh, I, I'm going to put you up soon. Next is not right, but it's close. Routine with the MC, right? Because nobody knows who the fuck I am. I'm some old dude in a red coat sitting by myself with a whole stack of notes in front of me that shouldn't be there. And after seeing some of the other attempts at first, second, third week, humor, I'm thinking, I wouldn't trust me 
a fucking lick. I mean, oh my God. I mean, I know I'm not going to get up there and say some of the things these other people are saying, but how the fuck does he know that? How does he even know that I couldn't do worse? And so as the, <laughs> as the room thins out and we're down to the 10 hardcore uh, <laughs> uh, faithful remainder, well, I finally go up. And, and I'm glad it's taken this long, honestly, because at this point, I know how I want those signposts to come, but I'm still so overwhelmed with like quick thoughts about how to get there that I need to go up and talk, but I'm glad I have had this time to get through this all and calm down. So the first thing uh, that sends me off the trail is a joke that the signpost I had written for myself was, if blank, go here, if blank, go here. But if neither, go here, wasn't on my list. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, like, uh, just thinking you're going to be able to predict the world in a capacity that you only need an if, and, or, but, or just an A-B, Nope, there's no C here. It's an A-B. Well, unless your A-B is... Well, what was that called in logic class when those two things meant that they accounted for every possibility? Like, the the grass is either... Oh, it's a tautism. Wait, tautology? The grass is either green or not green. Most tautologies are useless because they tell you things like, well, that grass is either green or not green. I will stand by that statement till the end of time. Uh, okay. My name's either John or not John, and that is not a clever, oh, well, you can call me not John. No. There are logical necessities of construct in both language and reality that have to exist because they can't not exist. There can be no grass that's not green or not green or green. It is going to be one or the other, or it's not grass, or it doesn't exist, or a reality is shattered, right? That's how dumb they are. But... The reality of my existence has always been to not see that until I've made the mistake. Like, I think I've honed something down to some level of simplicity that now I've got an elemental take on it. And all I've done is moved off into this little eddy pool where things are tranquil because they're, they're uniquely constricted to this one dumb thought while everybody else is still trying to figure out why that roaring Niagara Falls over there is pulling them so quickly toward it. I, I am my own bubble of, of naive, uh, inconsiderate shallowness. And once that happened on stage, all in a sort of, why am I telling this story? Moment. Well, I think the only person on Thursday night who really got a good laugh from my act was me. I would give my performance about a C minus because that's about the lowest I could go without walking off thinking I really wish I hadn't done this. I can't wait for the next one. But I can't believe that the next one could be worse 
because this one was such a splatter of not what I expected. And yet it will be. And I always let these sort of snags derail everything. And for what? Well, I mean, what? This this evening that's imminent, that I will finally walk off stage going, of all the times in my life that I've gotten the courage to do something and then regretted it, that would be number one right there. That's That's the one that I would call the worst. Well, I'm not going to find something of value and purpose in this life, in this capacity, without finding something in myself that encounters failure at a personal and meaningful level. I am here to stretch my sense of self. I am here to foundationally build a life of purpose. And I am also here to realize a part of myself that I've always tended to, but not fully let develop. And with all of that in mind, there's setbacks as they occur, especially as they occur in ways that make me feel like, ah, maybe I'm not up for it. Those setbacks will just be momentary. I could feel how much energy to maintain this momentum I had walked in that door with. And for me, that's a first. Like, except maybe golf. I fucking loved golf, even when I was eight. But I have walked into plenty of situations where I knew my time was limited. Before I even had realized much else, I knew this was temporary. Well, to to connect to something so thoroughly that you're convinced you've just opened the book that the last page has to be the end of your life. This will now be in your life forever. And it's funny because I was talking to my mom about uh, some medication that's been pretty effective for her. She's quite a pleasant human being lately. And she swears it's the counter effect of a steroid uh, uh, prescription she had to take for a surgery that gave her arthritis two weeks off. She's like, I'm running up and down stairs again. I just, I, I can't believe how much more fulfilling my life is without the pain. And I, uh, I, I was thinking, uh, if anyone in the universe has earned an opportunity to look at their day in a way that makes them realize the only thing that was keeping me from being fulfilled was this. And then when this is gone, fulfillment just overwhelms you. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm not saying that should be a pharmaceutical situation like it is for my mom, but she is, I mean, she is 80 or something. I mean, she's in her eighties. I think she's only 80. She might, 
She might, oh, she's 80. 80. If she wants to take goddamn heroin for the next 12 years of her life, frankly, I mean, I'm not going to say I voted for it, but I'm not sure I would vote against it. <laughs>